Coming up, the Cubs dropped their second straight series. We're going to cover that. We're going to review when the Cubs cleaned house a couple years ago and look at what happened to some of those players. And then we're going to do a week one recap from the NFL. So we're talking sports. It's the sports life. Let's go. All right, to start us off, we're going to jump right into this Cubs-Rockies series. Another disappointing series by the Cubs. We're going to try to keep this segment a little bit shorter than usual uh, due to the disappointment. We're really we're really hoping this team can, can get it going. Um, game one was really an exciting game for this team. I'll cover that briefly, then I'll turn it over to Caden and get his thoughts on it. But it was a big 5-4 win. We're continuing to get quality performances out of Jan Gomes. I think he had three hits in this game. He had a big two-out single in the ninth. Morell homered again. Wicks had another strong outing. Six innings pitched, three hits, only one earned run. Uh, Fulmer came in to close it out with a Rod Beck-style close where he walked a guy, hit a guy, and then struck out the next two. So I really thought the Cubs had the juice here. Um, I thought they were going to go ahead and sweep the Rockies. They had a chance here to gain some ground. The Phillies are playing the Braves. They had a chance to really solidify their position in the wild card and possibly make a move on the division, and they were unable to do so. But those were just some of my notes from Game 1. Caden, in that 5-4 win, I know it was an exciting win for us. I really thought it was going to get us going. Do you have any thoughts on that game you want to add? Well, first of all, we should be lucky that we won that game because that was a very close game against a very, very – uh, bad team of the Colorado Rockies. Um, you know, we played well. I felt like just um, we executed a lot better in the game one win. I mean, you saw Morrell. He hit the longest homer of his career. Um, you know, just everyone piecing in. I mean, Morrell with a hit, Horner with a hit, Bellinger with a hit, Swanson really good to see Swanson with it. But everyone piecing in and a couple people having big days with uh, Gomes, Swanson, uh, but I mean, we don't win this game without Jan Gomes. I think everyone, I mean, knows that Jan Gomes, he had three, four, three, three RBIs. I mean, our offense was, I wouldn't say it's great, but it was, it was pretty good. Wicks continues to, um, really pitch extremely well. You know, the first, first couple starts, he pitched. I would think, oh, yeah, he's, maybe he'll drop off. I don't really think he'll pitch in the playoffs. But the consistency he's had, he's going to make it tough for David Ross to pick him or Tyone or both because they're both, both pitching more right now. But our bullpen blew. And, I mean, David Ross, I just feel like this is – it's not all his fault because the players are not performing, but he's got to be smart. Quas in big situations that have not pitched well. He pitched two-thirds of an inning, three-yard runs. Smiley actually pitched all right, and then Fulmer with a really nice job of closing the door. But really good all-around game, and like I said, uh, we're luck- we should be lucky we won that game. Well, let's jump to game two because I do agree with you. Looking back on it, it just felt like an exciting win uh, at first, and then looking back, you start to think, man, we're lucky that we got that one given that we dropped the next two. Game two, we suffered a 6-4 loss. So, again, the offense was there somewhat. I mean, they went 4-4-3 and in terms of offensive production. But, again, in Colorado, you always expect a little bump in your offense there. We didn't really get it. I mean, we definitely had – we were able to piece together some hits and things like that. But the offensive production could have been a lot more. In this game, 
Uh, Bryant had a big homer in this game, and that's what led me to what we're going to talk about in our next segment, which is just talking about the, the old Cubbies and, and the guys that were near and dear to us for a while. I'm going to cover some of that because when you see these guys now, including Baez and Rizzo, you're kind of thinking we made the right decision. So we'll get into that a little bit more later. But again, a 6-4 loss here. Uh, some of the highlights, I would say, is Suzuki. I mean, Suzuki through game two here had hit safely in 12 of 13 games. He hit a big homer in this one that tied it up, and then we weren't able to get back over the top here. But again, he's been really consistent recently, doing really well offensively, but just not a lot to say. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be too hard on the team with the losses. I feel like Ross is, is leaving the starters in and kind of trying to stretch them so he doesn't have to use that bullpen. But what he's missing there is that you can't, leave them into that moment where they break. It's like he's waiting just a tick too long, and at that point it's too late because our offense is not performing well enough to get us back over the top in these games. So that's my thought. I thought that happened in game two and three, to be honest. So, Caden, any other uh, feedback on game two? Um, you know, just not piecing anything together, you know. The Rockies, the hits they had were very, very timely and very, very clutch. They got the base runners at the right time. A couple people had really big games. I mean, personally, I feel like, you know, a guy like Daniel Palencia in the bullpen, you know, he has not really been pitching well, but I really thought his stuff was looking good. His fastball was sharp. His breaking ball was electric. It's just a matter of can he throw strikes, which he was, but he was just not locating. He did not see the adjustment Chris Bryant saw. He threw another fastball. Bryant smoked it, and that's what he does, even when he's batting. I mean, even when he's not having the best year. But, you know, Assad, we just have not seen Assad like this. 3.1 innings, four in runs. But the the odd thing that we saw was the walks. Assad is usually a really good strike-throwing pitcher. But it just doesn't seem did not seem like he uh, had that pitch that he could go to to consistently throw strikes and consistently hit his spots. And when he doesn't have that and not hitting his spots, um, I, I, mean, he, I mean, he was just... just couldn't bounce back, could not see the adjustments. There was not a lot of hard contact, but the pitch counts, we, I mean, we were all talking. Um, his pitch count was up. Even when he was having scoreless innings, it was, he was in jams. He was getting out of them. And then, of course, that fourth inning, the Rockies really got to them. Luke Little, I mean, he did his, he did his best, but, I mean, a walk and a hit, I mean, not the best from Little. It's really good to see Boxenberger because I've heard a lot of really good stuff about this guy. He's not pitched the best in a Cubs uniform, but this is a guy that I pair up as a guy like Julian Merriweather, Mark Glather Jr. So we're hoping he could be a guy when he gets when when he gets at full strength. Can be one of those guys. Palencia, I just felt like Ross kind of. I just felt like he um he I mean two innings I feel like is oh a lot for Palencia, but for, for a team like the Rockies who are struggling hitting fastballs. I thought it was a smart move, but I guess not. Really good inning by Wisnecki. He looked sharp, but our uh, pitching, our offense did good, but when the Rockies struck back, our offense could not bounce back in the later innings. Yeah, I think Ross has got to recognize, you know, like you said, Assad, you could tell right out of the gate he wasn't himself. He didn't have his best stuff. And you got to think in a spot like that, hey, if we can get a decent outing out of him, get us through a few innings, and then just turn it over to the bullpen and see what they can do. We can't ride the starters just because we don't want to use up the pen. We have to win these games. These are games that put us in position to secure that wild card position. Right now we're still sitting in that two spot. 
But again, I feel like there needs to be some recognition there. Game three was a similar situation. We suffered another 7-3 loss. Uh, felt again. Uh, there was a big error in there that we can talk about a little bit uh, from Hap. But at the same time, you know, you could see that kind of slipping away. Tyone's known to kind of give up those big homers in inopportune times. That had seemed to happen again here. It was just tough because when you when you split the first two, you always think, okay, it's the Cubbies. They've been playing well. You know, we'll go ahead and take this series back. We'll take control back right here and win it. And they weren't able to do that. And now they're in a spot where they've dropped. I think they've dropped five of seven going back to play the Diamondbacks. It's a big series, and they got to get the job done. A couple notes on this game. Nico had four hits. He continues to be Nico Hustle, beat out a, an infield hit there. And just he's playing hard. He's doing really well. Um, the half error was a big one because the next hitter hit a home run. Uh, we were battling. We had the bases loaded in the eighth to come to try to fight back when we were down 7-3. Weren't able to get anything going there. So, again, we just, like Caden was saying before, not getting the timely hitting. This was just a really tough series against a bad team, and we need to be taking at least two or three in these. We had a chance to really make up some more ground and even get a little bit closer to the Brewers. We're still holding tough here. But this series coming up with the Diamondbacks is, is very important. We got the Man of Steel starting off, and he needs to continue to solidify that Cy Young campaign. I know Strider, he went tonight. He's got 17 wins now. He's looking really strong. And uh, I hope Steele can really come up with a big win for us here to start off this next series. Caden, any finishing thoughts on Game 3? Um. Well, first, before I talk about Game 3, this Pete Armstrong guy is going to be the real deal. I mean... Starting the year off, I believe in double A or high A. I mean, I personally, I really thought getting called up to triple A was a, you know, like excitement for him. But then he was dominating high A or whatever. I'm not sure. I think it was high A. Somewhere about that. Dominating that, getting called up to triple A, then dominating that. I mean, there was no choice of giving him a shot so far. His first game he pitched, I mean, he, excuse me, he uh, played two spectacular catches. I know the bat has not really came. Still looking for his first career hit. What? Yeah, you, you know, can see he's when a, you, uh, you can see he's guys. He's a really good. Go ahead, you're fine. <laughs> he's a really good, uh, I feel like he's going to be a real deal, and I feel like he's going to help his team. I mean, he's a five, he's a five-tool player. He has speed. He has athleticness. He has power in the bat. You saw in AAA he hit like 20 homers. Or in the minor leagues, and he has, and he has, I mean, he has everything. So I feel like he can really help us. He just got to get going and not look back. The reason I jumped in there is because it looks like he's halfway chewing on something when he's trying to talk. So <laughs> I try to jump in and save him a little bit there. But yeah, you know, when you see a youngster like that, you just don't want to have him start pressing because he hasn't got that first hit. You can really see that pressure. I mean, even you could even relate on the youth level, right, Kate? If you go into a new season yeah. and you don't get a hit right out of the gate, you start to press a little bit. So when am I going to get my first hit? So I hope he doesn't get in that zone. I hope he picks that up and, and eliminates that pressure right away because he does seem to have the tools. Yeah, because when you get that first hit, you just don't look back. You yeah. just keep going. Exactly, exactly. That That's what we're hoping for from him. I mean, he's got the speed. He's got the tools. And like Caden said, he's already shown some, some pretty good-looking things out there. So, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing more of that guy for sure. Yeah, so uh, when you look back at Game 3 um, – you know, I felt like this was going to be a dominant 10 run performance game from this team. I mean, three runs in three innings, that was really impressive. I mean, we jumped out right out the gate. 
you know, Morrell with a first pitch swinging leadoff double. Horner had an absolute amazing day, four for five. You know, I feel like it was a pretty solid performance. Like I said, our first three innings were very good, really good at bats, a lot of hard at balls. I feel like Gerdu, we did a fantastic job spreading the field. I felt, I think it was like our first three, four hits were all um, opposite field. So we did a great job staying back, staying patient, and using the whole field to their advantage. I mean, they were still getting hits, but not on the right time. You know, really good to see Hap. Two before Amaya, two for three. He has not been hanging well. Amaya gets a sorry. He does He does pretty good. Carl Armstrong, still all for three. But just like I said, um, we were not hitting in the in the right times when the Rockies were, and as we come up as a half, you know, tie on. I felt like he was pretty good. Five innings, three hundred runs. He could have got out of the inning, but half dropped the fly ball. You saw Crow Armstrong. He actually dropped the fly ball, but he, the sun was in his eyes. So some sloppy defense in the outfield. I know the sun's kind of an awkward way in the outfield, but these are plays you got to make to help out a pitcher like Tyone, who is going to pitch the contact. Um, our bullpen, Wilsonacki gives up a run, but I feel like he did a good job limiting up the damage. Smiley gives up a run, and of course, Boxenberg. I mean, he's pitched two innings, and he's pitched great those two innings. So really good to see that. There are some positives coming out, but, you know, you got to win a series against the Rockies, which you could see, I mean, this is a team that I just don't. I mean, you can see there's teams like the Rockies. I mean, teams that are young teams that you can see, like the Nationals. They have a high. Um, they know that they're about to open the door. They see, but Rockies, you just, I just don't think they're that team. I feel like they're gonna have another three or four years that are just gonna be 40 games under 500. This is a team you gotta be, especially when you're trying to get on ground and really stay in that spot where we can get home field advantage in the playoffs. All right, moving on. We're going to talk about the Cubs and, and the cleaning house that they did a few years back. And the difficult thing as a Cubs fan, it, it was very hard to see the World Series guys go. It was hard to see KB, hard to see Bryant, hard to see Rizzo, hard to see Schwarber and Javi and all these guys go kind of within a very tight time frame there. But seeing Bryant and just you could just tell he's a, he's a shadow of, a, of his old self. And I decided to dig into it a little bit and look at what we had versus what the other teams got. And we're in a situation where he had basically an MVP season in 2016 with a 292 average, 39 homers, 102 RBIs. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the same thing out of Javi in 2018. Javi had a 290 average, 34 home runs, 111 RBIs. And we essentially... As hard as it is to say, it was the right call. It was the right call because all these players have really taken nosedives, essentially. I mean, Javi's got no power anymore. I don't know, Caden, have you noticed this? I mean, Javi, the same swing, though. He's, he's sub-240 in average. He's not hitting balls out of the park. Um, Rizzo, who I would have loved to see Rizzo stay a Cub, um, he's finally looking like it's the, it's the tail end of his career in terms of production. You know, he's not really putting much power out anymore. Schwarber's got the pop, obviously, but Schwarber right now, I think he's got 43 homers. He's batting 199. His on-base percentage is still, I think, 140 points above his average. So Schwarber's still a valuable commodity for some of these teams. Um, It would have been nice to see Schwarber stay with us. But, again, you're you're also talking about a guy that's going to float around 200, and he's probably always going to hit 40 to 50 home runs too. So he's a tough one. 
But again, what we want as Cubs fans is we don't want to see a rebuild. We never want to see that. We want to see an immediate retool. I like to call it retooling where you go like the Yankees and you go make sure you pick up guys and get this thing rolling. So that's our expectation right now is that the Cubs see what they have. They know they got a strong team. They can go make some acquisitions. I know they're starting to look at – they were looking at another pitcher from Japan. Uncle Clint sent us some info I on that. It. Yeah, so Caden sent that over earlier today. So there's some interesting things happening with this team. But, again, we are not the Marlins. We are not – we want to be – the Cubs want to treat this organization like the Yanks, like the Red Sox, these teams that want to compete year in and year out. We cleaned house. I got to give them credit. It was the right move. All those big sticks have essentially fallen off, um, and they all did it. We didn't – let somebody go and go, oh, man, they turned into an MVP or something like that. So the decision seemed right. Caden, what do you think about that? I mean, I know it was tough for all of us to see the World Series guys leave. Uh, Yeah, you know, I really, I thought it was the right decision. I just felt like when you're a team like the Cubs where, I mean, even when we stink, um, you know, we still full house. I mean, we're getting good money. I mean, it's not like the White Sox where when they stink. I mean, I was watching the game. I, I think I saw a highlight. And I thought, when I was going at the highlight, I thought I was watching a highlight from 2020. Because there's absolutely no one there. And, of course, when the White Sox are good, everyone shows up. I know a lot of people who are, oh, they don't even know about the White Sox. They don't care about the White Sox when they stink. Of course, when they're a playoff race, they watch it day in and day out. But for the Cubs fans, they don't care if they're 40 games over 500, 48 games under 500. They still go. And... You know, I mean, I just, I just don't understand. I knew it was the right decision, but why do, we, why not go after? Yeah, I knew, I knew maybe we'll not get Bellinger if we go after big players sooner. But why not go after big players like Swanson and Bellinger right after we get that money and we get those draft picks and maybe make a push sooner? Because then, you know, maybe a time right now if we get a little sooner, we could be at a World Series level. We have a good team right now, but I just don't think we have the depth that we can have a World Series level. Maybe we start a little sooner. We get guys like some prospects and um, good players at their prime. Well, what if we pulled in like a Harper, right? He made a move recently. And, you know, guys like those. Trey that, Turner. These guys come available and we're just, you know, we're not um, we're not spending the money and bringing them in. We got lucky with this Bellinger thing on a one year. But, yeah, I'm with you on that. We got to start making moves. Hopefully this team proved that we're not as far away as maybe ownership originally thought. It's time to make those moves. So we're moving on. All right, the week one recap from the NFL. I literally just thought about it and just jotted down some bullet points. And Caden, you could kind of jump in with me whenever you want. But the number one bullet point that I wrote down from the week was the Aaron Rodgers disaster. I mean, we had uh, we talked about our NFL predictions last time. I had the Jets making it to the Super Bowl, losing to the Eagles. Obviously, that was assuming the health of Aaron Rodgers. And my MVP. Caden had Rodgers as the MVP. That lasted all of about 75 seconds, four plays. It was really hard to see that. And a quick note, the NFLPA is really pushing all stadiums to turn to grass. So I'm curious. The NFLPA has a lot of power. Um, The players, I'm going to see. It's going to be interesting to see how quick they can get that turned over because that's an expensive thing to do. But I think you're going to start seeing these turf fields go away. They're definitely, they accounted that Rodgers injury to it. And it's it's funny to see. I mean, all these fields kind of went to this new turf system. And I think you're going to see them return to grass. 
So we'll see what happens. That's obviously going to take some time, and that would probably happen between seasons. But I did see a note on that earlier. Going back to the Rodgers thing, that defense is good enough to take that team to a Super Bowl if they could find a serviceable QB. So Caden and I were talking. Um, I threw out Kaepernick as a potential option, but then I didn't realize he hadn't played it. It's been seven years. I don't think he's practiced either. Yeah, I mean, seven years I think is too long. I'll throw out one other name, and then I'll see if Caden has thought of anybody else. But um, Carson Wentz, I don't – man, these guys, I don't know. All I can tell you is Zach Wilson – is not very good right now. I can't tell you that he'll never be good. I'm not enough of a uh, NFL pro to be able to tell you that, but he is not good. They were giving him every opportunity to throw the ball in that game. The Jets coaching staff clearly did not trust him to do so. They had Garrett Wilson lined up one-on-one late in the game. They were not confident enough to unleash Zach Wilson in that spot. We know he got plenty of snaps in the preseason. He should have been ready to go. They should have had confidence in him to make those throws. So I don't think, I mean, the defense is going to have to play better than great to get this team to the postseason. They have a really difficult schedule to start off the year. I'm just really sad for Rodgers. I thought this was his, uh, I thought this was going to be kind of his last dance, a chance for him to get his second Super Bowl. And he, uh, he told Garrett Wilson in the locker room, sorry, kid. You know, it just made me think Rodgers is old and he don't have that much time left if he has any time left. On Achilles tear, it happened to KD in that uh, his final game with the Warriors. And it's it's kind of, it's a, I don't want to call it an old man injury, but you saw it in guys like Kobe, KD, later part of the career. Those tendons just are a little bit tighter and it's a tough injury to come back from at 40 years old. So we wish him well. We hope that he comes back strong. But that was a that was a tough break for them. Another thing I noted was the uh, just the Jets and Cowboys defense. They're, these boys they're fast, they hit hard, and they're coming. I mean, those teams are going to be tough. I'm curious to see when the Cowboys go up against a, a really good offense, it's similar to the Jets. I want to see how the Jets perform. It's hard to say. It's hard to not overreact in these early, you know, the week one games. You don't really know who's going to be the best teams here. Do the Bills have a great offense? I'm not sure. I'm not so sure looking at Josh that. Josh Allen did not look good though. You're right. He did not. He's turning the ball over way too much. Uh, a couple other things I put down here. Um, that Garrett Wilson catch, sticking with that Monday night game, that's one of the best catches I've ever seen. I mean, you're talking about a guy focusing in the air. The other guy had perfect coverage, essentially backhanding the ball to himself and catching it. That was pretty phenomenal. Another note I wrote down is that Tyreek has cemented himself as the number one wide receiver in the NFL right now. People want to talk Jefferson. It's it's Tyreek. I mean, this guy is getting wide open on NFL fields. I'm talking about college wide receiver open on an NFL field. It's unbelievable. I have always been hesitant on the guy for some reason, and you think, oh, he was with Mahomes. Mahomes was doing it. No, you watch it. He's the number one wide receiver in the NFL. I've never seen anybody be able to get himself open like that. And that leads me to another point, and that's that I got to leave my original pick out there with the Jets. I don't know how they're going to pull it off, but if I had to have a mulligan and put somebody else in that place, I think I'd go with the Dolphins. I mean, if Tua stays healthy, I don't trust him staying healthy either, but if he stays healthy... Man, that Dolphins team looks pretty good, i got to tell you. They have no running game. Uncle Clint said he thinks they're going to grab somebody, and I agree with him. I think it could be Taylor, Jonathan Taylor. I think someone else could land there. 
And then I had one last bullet point here, and I don't even have any notes with it. It just says bears stink. That's all it says. So <laughs> it's just all frustrating. All that Justin Fields has. I mean, how do you let a guy, Jordan Love, who, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. Justin Fields is not good, period. That might be it. That, that might be the facts. He's not know. good. I mean, just give If I'm the Bears, I'm, I'm just giving up on him. Like, I don't trust him. You're going there already, huh? Yep. You got any NFL notes, anything you want to mention? Those are just some... Saints are the I best team in football. That's, oh, stop it. No. Here, I mean, when you look at this team, Derek Carr. I mean, yeah. this... Derek Carr looked absolutely amazing. Don't get me wrong. Ryan Tannehill, he threw three picks. Derek Carr looked amazing, you think? 305 yards, one touchdown. Not just that, but Jamal Williams. Got a low bar. 18 carries, 45 yards. If we have that... Plus Alvin Kamara, that's going to carry a lot less pressure off of Derek Carr. And when defenses pay attention to a really good running game like that, that's going to get a lot of guys like we're going to keep this Saints Chris, bias off of this. Chris Olave, Rahi Shahid, Michael Thomas. I mean, we got a whole type of guys. If this thing can come together and they got a really easy division, I'll watch out for them. You just called out a guy that had 18 carries and 46 yards. That's awful. Jamal Williams is not he's, – he's a backup. Kamara's not even back. He's a goal line guy. With Kamara up there, that running game could be dangerous. Carr's yet to really have that season where he proves himself, where he wins the big games and so forth. I actually do like Derek Carr. I think that's an improvement for them there. I think the Saints I, – I believe I picked the Saints to win that division. I'd have to look back and check my notes. And, I mean, I, Chris I, Olave, Raheem Shahid. I mean, this Raheem Shahid guy, he came into a punt returner last year. This guy really, I mean, he had a couple really big catches. Olave had a really good game. Michael Thomas continues to really have a much better, much better, like, at least he's healthy. I mean, we have really three solid guys. And then uh, Juwan Johnson, he looks solid. Taysom Hill, I mean, he's a swift farming knife. And, of course, the defense with really uh, really good defensive, uh, keeping us in the game, keeping us having the lead in the offense, doing the best. I mean, really good all-around game for the Saints. Any other teams you want to talk about other than the Saints? <laughs> um, <laughs> Please. Let me think. Uh, <laughs> All right, we're going to close this no. one up. We're going to close this one up. Caden, this has been fun. It's been fun covering this NFL stuff, the Cubs with you. I do have something special coming up soon. We're going to be getting some of Caden's buddies together and doing a fantasy deal where we cover, talk about some of their teams, talk about the players, talk about just have a fun kind of group chat. I'm thinking I'll bring in maybe a couple of his buddies and do that. We'll probably wait till maybe week three, something like that, to bring them in where we got a little more data, a little more backup from the players. So that's one of the things we got coming up. We'll obviously be bringing Uncle Clint back in on a future podcast, and we're looking to uh, we're talking to some new guests. A lot of people have been interested, and we're going to try to get them on as well. So thank you guys so much for listening. We need these Cubs to get back going. We appreciate it. Like us, follow us, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your pods. Thank you so much. You have a great night.